the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode six of Say What? Where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including Planned Parenthood's efforts to normalize sexual rights. That's right, George. Today there are forces and movements that want to make everything a right, but they use this language to manipulate people's feelings by conveying the notion that somehow their rights are being infringed upon. But that couldn't be further from the truth. And George, uh, I know that you recently uh, recorded a video on this particular topic, what are sexual rights? So we thought it would be good to take um, a couple of episodes to talk about this. It's an incredibly important topic. And since you're the subject matter expert, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some questions uh, on today's episode, if you don't mind. All right. So why don't we start with um, the philosophy of rights in America? Now, there's this concept called positive and negative rights. Where does that come from? Yeah, so Mark, this is something that I've, I've had to learn because I never really quite understood how to explain to a person um, that they have a right to something or they do not have a right to something. Mm. Um, you know, similar like, you know, parents and their children, right? Why, why do, are we the only ones that have a right to our children? Right. Where does that all come from? Well, in our Constitution, uh, we have uh, every, all of our rights are basically framed as negative rights. Mm. And these are rights that are endowed by our Creator, uh, they are truths that are self-evident. And basically, our Constitution was created in such a way where it said to the government, hands off. Yes. You do not have a right. So it's, it's always in the negative. But in the positive sense, the movements today are trying to say, well, um, the government is going to secure these rights for you. And that can come in whatever you please. I mean, somebody could stand up today and say, you know, I have a right to, you know, be given a, a free college education. You know, that's a right. And we yeah. hear that a lot. We do. But what gives anybody in our country the right to be given a free college education? 
And so it's always framed like that. And once people are conditioned to hear, you have a right, you have a right, we're like, oh, yeah, but somebody's trying to take it away from me. Yes. <laughs> so this concept, this, the separation between negative rights and positive rights, what I hear you saying is that negative rights, uh, the idea behind it is that we have rights uh, by virtue of the fact that we're created in God's image mm-hmm. on one day. In fact, our Declaration of Independence says that, right? Correct. Um, and our government was based on this idea of enumerated rights, meaning that the, the people themselves, we already have these rights by virtue of the fact that, that we're, we're, we're God's creation. Correct. So that the government's role is to protect the rights that we already have. And our constitution, in fact, the founders talked about the, the, our constitution being one of the enumerated powers. The government only has the powers that are specifically written down in that document that we call the constitution. Anything else, those powers and those rights are all reserved to the people or the states not the federal government. So this idea of negative uh, rights is the idea that the government can't step in and restrict us from uh, enjoying the rights that we already have. Is, is, that, is that an accurate statement? Correct, correct. And so th- this is where, um, you know, in our previous episode, we talked about civics education. Yes. This idea is something that, I don't remember ever being taught. And it's such a fundamental idea for Americans to understand. It really is. In fact, it gets back to the idea of where do rights come come from? from? Mm. And, of course, we believe the rights come from God uh, because we're created in his image. But today we have the concept of, well, rights are given to us by the government, and that creates a whole panoply of new rights that we've never heard of before. Correct. Like the right to uh, a universal basic income. Income. Or the right to health care. But when you think about it, George, you have to ask yourself the question, if a right requires somebody else to provide a service to me, in other words, If it means that they have to require labor to give me this so-called right, does that make sense? Can that really be true? It it, it isn't. And I think that's where people need to start really thinking through and grasping through this idea. Um, You know, the the right to life, right? Who, Who gave you life? It's not somebody else, right? That's right. So that's a negative right. We, We just, we have it. Um, and it, and it's again, self-evident to us or the right to liberty, the right to liberty or the pursuit of happiness. Correct. So when you look at all of those, it, it checks the other boxes, not what you were saying here, um, which it was a very great way to help parents and, and people understand that this can't be something that another person can give to you. Correct. So that's a good philosophical idea to keep in mind that if someone else has to provide it to you, it cannot be a right. Um, So, George, how does this relate to sexual rights? Where does this term come from? So I think a lot of us have heard about the sexual revolution. uh, And we always think about the hippie generation in the 60s, the free love um, and that movement over. Careful, I was part of that. <laughs> uh, 
uh, that movement, you know, it was evolved over time and it really became opportunistic. Um, and in the early to mid 2000s, um, that, that movement really spurred in the background by some, um, a handful of organizations. Um, we all have heard about Planned Parenthood, about SICUS, about Kinsey, um, the Human Rights Campaign, uh, and the ACLU. These are probably some of your most powerful forces. Big, bold organization. Yes. A lot of power behind it. A lot of power. Well, Planned Parenthood, out of all of them, is an international organization. Do you mean it's not just here in the United States? No. And so they operate in over 140 countries. Um, and their international parent organization is called the International Planned Parenthood Federation. So they bring together their resources from around the globe. And they're the ones that actually crafted the very first guideline to comprehensive sexuality education. Yes. And that when was that done? And that was published in 2006. Okay. And two years after that, I think they finally realized that, wait up, what undergirds comprehensive sexuality education? How do we come and sell this around the globe to, um, to you know, government organizations, to, you know, local organizations? So they crafted what they call their sexual rights declaration. Mm. And this becomes their philosophy and their worldview behind saying, here's why. Because one of the articles, they wrote 10 articles there, but one of the articles was the right to education. And Now that was published in 2008? Correct. That's an interesting year because here in the United States, of course, that was the same year that the war over traditional marriage was going on, particularly here in California. Uh, Proposition 8 was all about institutionalizing traditional marriage in California. It was a long battle. So it's just, I mean, the timing is interesting on an international scale. Now you have these broader things going on. But this, this topic, George, of sexual rights, don't we have sexual rights? We do. I mean, there's nobody embedded in the right to life uh, and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, right? Um, but that can't, that has to be defined by a morality in there. Yes. Because one of the things that we'll see here is that they take the right to life and liberty and pursuit of happiness. Yes. And they cloak it with new terminology and they say, well, this also fits under there and this also fits under there. Uh, and they don't realize, I mean, they realize it, but we don't realize that how cleverly they do uh, this whole maneuvering uh, to make it seem like, well, under my right to pursuit of happiness, um, why is anybody stopping me from having multiple partners? Uh, why can't I get married to a dog in a tree? Uh, I mean, there's no end to it. And the real object behind this document is our children, isn't it? Co I mean, correct. Th this is the goal, to um, indoctrinate our children to come to the belief that they also have, quote, sexual rights. And they tie it to another term, don't they? Uh, 
Human rights? What's the connection between sexual rights and human rights, and why is that important? Yeah, so it, I think as we saw the sexual revolution become more militant, mm-hmm. um, and in the last 10 years, we've seen cases go all the way to the Supreme Court, right? You have Jack the Baker yes, uh, out Jack in Phillips Jack in Phillips Colorado. yeah, in Colorado. Uh, why would anybody care about going and prosecuting him for not baking that cake, right? You had so many other options to choose from. And you know what? Uh, It's better to do that than give your money to this person, right? But no, that person has to bow down and bake my cake. So this very militant approach stems from this understanding that a person's sexual rights are equal to human rights because... Let's think about it this way. If I infringe upon a person's human right, how do, how do we think about that? Oh, we have to step in, do Everybody something. Everybody understands what a human right is. That, that's something that you cannot violate. I mean, Correct. the United Nations, they actually have a human rights declaration that goes back decades. And if you read it, actually some components of it are really, really good. But a human right, as you pointed out in your video, is different from a sexual right. But the idea behind International Planned Parenthood seems to be, George, to tie the two concepts together and apply them to children. Correct. And once you do that, now all of a sudden you have all of these ramifications. Now, parents are trampling on their child's human right if they impede on any of those 10 declarations of the sexual right. So they are equal now, and now the law gets weaponized against children, against parents, or against anybody, against Jack Phillips. Um, And so, um, you know, for example, some of this philosophy already exists in especially the, the Nordic countries in Europe. And about three or four years ago, um, in a Romanian family in Norway, uh, their child protective services came in and took all five children away from them. I've heard about this. And that was the Bodnariu family. Um, And the Romanian community across the globe went up in arms over this thing and yes, we and and we had protests over it and but a lot of us didn't really understand at that time what rights were infringed upon these children yes. you know what what did these parents do that was so horribly wrong mm. well the, their parents just violated the ideological um you know stuff that the the state pushes in Norway onto families through education and because the parents were educating their children in, in certain ideologies that were against the state ideologies, the state came in through Child Protective Services and took them away. Mm-hmm. And so that this is just one of the critical steps, the sexual rights equating them to human rights that will then be able to weaponize uh, our government and our laws against parents. Yeah, there's so much here. We're going to be unpacking this through the uh, next week's episode as well. But it, and we're certainly not saying, George, that um, children do not have human rights. Correct. And they maybe they they also have sexual rights, but like other human rights and natural rights given to us by God, 
they vest over time as we mature into adults. But that's not the thinking of International Planned Parenthood, is it? They believe that children need to start enjoying these rights now as children. Correct. Yeah, they talk about pleasure, the right to pleasure. Uh, they talk about us being sexual beings from birth. Yes, I mean, they're, they, they, they state some truths in there, mm. but then their definition of those truths and the way they apply them is just absolutely horrific. So, George, I was going to ask you about this term sexuality, right? So there's sexual rights. But you see in this document embedded all throughout it is this 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 word sexuality. Is there a substantive difference there? Why do they use this term? Yeah. What's meant by sexuality? And this is a huge, huge, huge pointer. So for parents, um, because comprehensive sexuality education means something different than sex ed, the same thing goes here under the Sexual Rights Declaration. Um, the definition of sexuality, which also Planned Parenthood, 2006, lobbied the United Nations, the World Health Organization, to actually adopt a new definition uh, of this term. And this term encompasses sex in its biological understanding, but it adds on a lot of things like behavior, values, eroticism, pleasure. And this definition is like a paragraph long. And it basically adds the, the whole new notion of what Planned Parenthood deems to be a person's sexuality. Um, and that is available to them from birth to the, the day they die. Uh, and as soon as you infringe on any one of those things, um, you are now violating a person's sexual right, which is equal to their human right. And I assume that sexual orientation and gender identity are also included within the rubric of this term sexuality. Correct. Gender identity, gender expression, uh, the, the right to, um, you know, sex surgeries, yeah. uh, hormonal treatment, and we'll get into a lot of that. So defining our terms is incredibly important, particularly when it comes from uh, organizations with the kind of sweep and power that Planned Parenthood has. And they work with uh, the teachers unions, don't they, to, to push this agenda out in, into schools? Correct. In fact, uh, in California, uh, the teachers, the CTA, together with Planned Parenthood, together with the Human Rights Campaign, which they have their uh, Welcoming Schools um, initiative. Yes. So they got together, not with just the teachers union, but every other union out there or, or association mm. um, within the education sphere. So like the, the superintendents association, the school nurse association, oh, the school counselors association, they all came together and they put a document in 2019 um, that was really looking at, you know, st students, you know, mental health services, uh, comprehensive sexuality education. They looked at all of it globally. Yes. Um, and so it, th there was this big collusion to where now every organization in the education sphere has basically been corrupted into this way of thinking. Um, 
And that's what they're pushing through in the public school system. And the Biden administration is now involved in this as well? The Biden administration, in fact, is taking um, what they call the human rights campaign, um, um, sent out a, a letter to them called a blueprint for success or something like that. And in there, they outline a lot of these talking points saying that when it comes to the education vision, this is what the Biden administration should be moving forward with. And that's exactly what we're seeing them adopt, even though they don't say it, that, oh, we've adopted human rights campaign blueprint for success. Uh, They're doing it. So concerning, George. And this document now that that you've talked about, it's broken down into a series of articles, correct? It has 10 articles and seven principles. Okay. And maybe, so we're really going to tease up next week's episode, but maybe maybe to start off on this, um, Article 1 of the 10, that has to do with the right to equality. Is that correct? Correct. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. What does that mean? Yeah, so coming right back to the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So they, they are now starting in a very um, positive language to say um, each one of their declarations. So the first one is the right to equality. And when you read what they state in, in you know, their paragraphs there, they state two things. Number one is that you have the right to equality based on sexuality. Oh boy. So now think about the whole definition of the word sexuality, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression. So if we are all equal, regardless of who we want to be, how we want to express ourselves, the values that we behold, uh, the pleasures that we desire, yes. um, you know, the eroticism that we go after, um, all of that is embedded in this word sexuality that when you first read it and we say, oh, yeah, we we're all have this right to equality. Um, but if we don't understand the definition of the word sexuality, uh, we'll have that approach to it as opposed to if you know the new definition, then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? This is really taking us off the cliff. You have a, the definition of terms in these documents is so critical because the, these terms and what they mean and imply, they, they don't end with the document itself. This document gets is distributed widely, right, to mm-hmm. lobbyists, to legislatures, to uh, school administrators, and, when, and to third parties, as you've mentioned, the Human Rights Campaign, CECAS, other organizations that are putting together curriculums to teach in the, in the public schools. They use these terms, correct? And they get the imprimatur, the endorsement from these global organizations, International Planned Parenthood Federation, and these terms start to encroach themselves upon the the thinking, right? The orthodoxy that's taught in our public school system. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the second part to this that's uh, for me even more disturbing is because they come out and clearly state not just this right of the right to equality, but all sexual rights uh, come from the government. That the government is the one that derives these, and they come from the state. They use the word state. 
Um, and I'm, when I first read that, I'm like, they actually say, say that. Yeah. And when I first read it, I'm like, whoa, there's something wrong here. This doesn't sound anymore like our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. It certainly does. This sounds more like communism where I came from. And if you read the Communist Manifesto, um, you'll start to see similar language that's being used here. And so that's when, for me, it became of, okay, a matter of, I really need to read these 10 declarations Mm. and these seven principles very carefully. And whenever they use a word that is a very important word, I have to go back and see what their definition of that word means. Of course, when the state, if the state can give you a right, the state can take away take that away. right as well. And we're starting to see that happen. It's hard to express yourself freely or to uh, to oppose some of these things. Um, you get you can get in trouble today for doing that. Yeah. Well, George. Um, This is a very deep topic, and I'm just so thankful that you have taken the time. It must be hard reading to actually go through this document, and it's so troubling that it has such a long history behind it. It's been around for a long time. It's already done a lot of damage, hasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, for, for me, every single time I stumble upon these kind of documents, I always ask myself, what was I doing in 2008? What was I doing in 2006? Why haven't I been, you know, woke, quote unquote? I haven't been awake. Um, and as a parent for me, um, I, I have all of these feelings of remorse of wanting to be able to do more. Well, you're providing a great service by waking people up to the woke education that groups like International Planned Parenthood Federation are bringing to us. So that's uh, all the time that we have for today. But we really want to encourage you to come back next week and hear part two of What Are Sexual Rights? We'll see you soon. Take care. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? 